Good afternoon, sir. How are you? Good. Can you hear me? Yeah, can hear you pretty good. Good, good, good. Okay, so as soon as you jumped on, it, it started recording. So I'm going to jump into this. Absolutely. Um, welcome, everybody, to Shandos podcast number 15. Um, and I'd like to welcome our super handsome, strong, uh, amazing superintendent out of Calgary, Kyle. So welcome, Kyle. Good day. Thanks for having me. Hey, this is pretty cool. Uh, you're the first person that I've connected to over like the way I just sent it out. I don't know why it didn't work by email, but uh, text seemed to work. So I'm glad we figured it out anyway. Oh, good. Yeah, I did receive it just after I sent it to myself. Oh, nice. Okay, <laughs> good. Good. So Kyle, uh, where? tell us a little bit about yourself. Where did you grow up? Tell us about your family. Well, I, uh, I grew up in a small town on Vancouver Island um, in British Columbia, a little town called Chimanus. Um, it's kind of a touristy town. Um, it's, a, it's a town of about 2,000 people, um, lots of little ice cream shops, some world-renowned um, murals is kind of our, our go-to uh, there. We do have a, a large sawmill that's there as well that employs a lot of people in the community. Um, I come from uh, from a fairly um, large family, I guess a split family. Both my parents were married when I was about ten years old. Um, yeah, I got uh, I got a sister, lots of step siblings, um, and lots of nieces and nephews. So yeah, I've uh, I've I left home at uh, about fifteen years old to pursue um, some hockey that I was playing. Um, I was uh, drafted by the Kelowna Rockets in the Western Hockey League back when I was fifteen years old. So I embarked on my journey, um, which took me from 15 years old all the way to 27, where I was able to, um, you know, have a pretty good hockey career and meet a lot of really cool people. Um, and ended up playing a little bit of hockey over in Europe um, and then some down in Texas to finish off my career before an unfortunate back uh, issue that took me off the rails. But, you know, um, that's kind of a little bit on my history from where I came from. Um, grew up really fast, living with a lot of uh older hockey players that I lived with and on the road, um, you know, so I was 15 years old, living with 20 year old guys uh, as your roommate. So you definitely learn uh, how to grow up fast. You, you learn how to drink a lot in a, in a hurry. Yeah, I'm trying to do <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Right on, right on. And um, how did you, so how did you go from uh, hockey player to construction worker? Um, you said you, you got a back injury and then like walk us through that timeline. Yeah. So um, a little history um, from my dad's side. So my dad is a custom home builder. Um, he's been building houses since he was 17 years old. And uh, during my off seasons, um, obviously I would train and also uh, I'd work for my dad. So um, at the time, at a ripe old age of, you know, 16, 17, carrying shingles up a roof, I hated construction. I didn't want to do construction. Um and what ended up happening is um, when I came back from Texas in 2007, um, I wasn't able to work for the first little while. And I, I came across a job site here in Calgary. Um, I was living with my girlfriend, now wife at the time. And I'd run across the job site looking for laborers. And I was like, well, what the heck? You know, um, it seems like a great idea. Uh, this was at the previous company um, that I was with for five years um, and just kind of got into that as a, a role of a labor working my way through very quickly um kind of 
you know, working through the labor into like a labor foreman. Um, and they're like, we really want you to continue with us. We'd like you to, you know, give you some more money, but we need you to go to school. So that took me through my apprenticeship program um, where I did that over, over the few years. And um, I came out as a Red Seal journeyman carpenter. Um, but with the way my back was, um, you know, holding tools and tool belts and stuff kind of along the line there, I was looking for more of a leadership role, um, you know, being able to kind of, um, you know, use my brain instead of my body as much, um, do some, you know, work with that. So um, unfortunately in 2000, I think 11, um, after my emergency back surgery that I'd had um, due to complications from years prior, uh, I was really let go by the previous company that I came, um, you know, that I was working for. And I was uh, approached by Superintendent Lloyd Proud, who I worked with at my previous company. And um, he said uh, a lot of great things about Shandos. Um, and I kind of came on. Um, I was actually hired on like a light duty basis because I was on a bit of a, um, you know, learning to do a lot of things again with my with my back being the way it was. It was a lot better now. Um, yeah. And then I kind of through that process um, got enrolled into the general foreman program with um, obviously with uh, Blair uh, Blair Smith and then Dennis Kushminder had um, kind of brought me into the general foreman program. And I just proceeded to, you know, taking courses and, you know, trial and error, learning how things um, in the industry were, were going. That's success early on, um, some really good projects and building, you know, building your resume to, to now being a superintendent. Um, yeah, that's kind of how I, my path kind of came along. Um, it's worked out very well. Um, very happy with that. Nice, nice. And who are some of the people, like you, you mentioned a couple of individuals in there. Who are some of the people that really, you know, fostered your growth and helped you with mentorship? And what did that look like? Well, a lot of the, you know, a lot of, you come across a lot of really good people um, in this industry. Um, you know, you, you try to stick with the ones, um, you know, that believe in you and, and, and want to listen. And when you ask some maybe questions you think that you shouldn't have to ask, but maybe you do. Um, you know, Dennis Kushminder was, you know, one person that stands out to me that, you know, he called he called me. You know, he'd be like, hey, you know, how you doing? Checking in. Um, really just you know, put the time and effort in to, you know, teach me the Shandos production system. You know, Greg Ducharme was the same way, you know, he was in Calgary for quite some time. He's a name that always kind of rings a bell. Great person to talk to, easy to reach out to. Um, you know, there was, you know, Lloyd Proud who brought me over originally, um, always open for a, for a conversation um, to bounce ideas off of. And, you know, just, you know, you're never just left out to, to kind of dry. You're always given a bit of an opportunity to, you know, not have like day to day, this is how you're supposed to do it, but letting you figure it out and support system that follows behind it. Um, and I think that, you know, there's a lot of people I could go on with, you know, even some of our superintendents that are around now. Um, there's been a lot of people that have given me some insights and some experience that, you know, maybe I hadn't got to yet. There's been a lot of, you know, situations where I've gone to some projects where it's, um, you feel a little overwhelmed, um, but it's just a phone call away. I think you could ask a lot of people that, that, that know me would say that I'm, I'm not shy to ask questions um, and kind of roll with, you know, I'll own my mistakes. Um, but if there's something that does come up, um, you know, I'm not afraid to ask just, you know, to try to make this, you know, the best uh, process possible. Um, so what are some of the most challenging things you see 
um, as a, as a superintendent now. I like like minus we'll get into COVID stuff, but what are some of the mm-hmm. most challenging things that you see as a leader now? Um, I think a lot of things now, um, you know, in in my age bracket of people and and you know and and workers nowadays, um, the work ethic sometimes can be a little bit of like, well, you know. <laughs> Not as, not as, um, what's the perfect word for this? It's more or less a, um, you know, there's a word I'm looking for, but I can't actually recall it, but it's more pride. Well, pride, like they, they, they should be given stuff, you know, like, or sometimes a little bit of a lazy mentality at times where you feel like you have to pull a dead horse up a hill, um, where some people are not, you know, that are you know, God bless them that are just, you know, the, you know, seven to three thirty type of workers, but the lack of starting to see a little less people that really just want to go above and beyond more or less on a trade. There's a, there's some people, some trades that do very good things um, and try to, you know, help out with situations, but some that is just hand it back to you. Oh, I didn't even look at the drawings. I want you to answer it for me. Well, that's, that's not how this works. You know, when we work together, um, you know, I, I think that's a, one of the larger challenges that I, I seem to see a lot is is people being, thinking they're entitled to just like, you know, throw it back to somebody else as their problem, like a consultant or whoever, um, where my mentality um, is to go to a situation with a bit of a solution. I'm not just saying it's always going to be uh, received well, but it has in the past for some of the examples I could give. But I think that that's the one thing that kind of out you know, sticks out in my mind is, is a little bit of a challenge. Um, I don't know. Does that answer your question? Yeah, yeah. No, it, it for sure does. And, you know, I think maybe the term that we're looking for is tradesperson. There, yeah. there's, there's almost this, um, like a good tradesperson to me is somebody who's all encompassing. I, I, I've been doing construction for 25 years and I've yet to see the, the perfect blueprint that has all the answers. Absolutely. Obviously, there's there's some sleuthing and and work to do, but as a team, like nobody no nobody can do it alone. Um, so there's this there's this tradesperson. Um, I'm gonna call it. I don't know. Yeah, good question. This this <laughs> this like there's almost this tradesperson pride in their work missing. I. Yeah, uh, you, you know, like I see it. Fortunately, I get to see all of Edmonton sites, and I, I do see it across the board that you'll get these really good groups of tradespeople, but then you have these groups that are just like, man, like, what are you doing? You know, like, oh, I can't, I need, I can't do that. That's not my contract. Yet they haven't even, you know, read their contract. So absolutely. Yeah, I think yeah, it's 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 weird times out there. So, um, FYI, you're the second person I've interviewed since COVID. So now now we have this tradesperson we're trying to motivate and inspire to do better. Now we have COVID to deal with. So how in the world, uh, it, as a superintendent, you know, how are you finding the COVID experience added on top of? I'm not going to say lack of skilled tradespeople, but this uh, unmotivated skilled tradespeople. 
a very good question. Um, as we as we walk through this journey um, of COVID, um, it, it, it's, it's a challenge because I, I feel that there's a lot. Like I'm not taking this for for you know that it's not a serious. There's just there's so much attention which there needs to be. Um, there's a lot of there's some trades that <clears throat> have a slight panic. Um, um, you know, the mental health issues of, of you know, in, in individuals um, even just coming to work, knowing that they have to go home and, and they don't want to bring things, you know, and be around people. There's some people that don't want to, um, you know, necessarily be, um, that want to work, but you always have that risk of, well, are they, are they sick or are they not sick? So the whole mentality and, and the media pressures of it's being pounded in, all these numbers day by day by day. Like if you read the news every morning, it, it's the same thing. There's not a lot of feel good stories on there, unfortunately. Um, and I think, you know, from a site perspective, um, you really as a superintendent have to be calm, cool and collective. Um, it's, it's not an easy task to do. You have a lot of responsibility. If not, I definitely more responsibility than you had before amongst all the other things you need to do on a daily basis. But with the trade, seeing how we're operating as an organization, uh, the protocols that we've put in place, you know, showing that this is not something that we're taking lightly um, is giving those trades. And we've heard, you know, some great feedback from some of our trade partners saying that, you know what, you guys have, you've really done some really good things with us, you know, to, to keep us informed, you know, some of the documentation on, you know, our web, our, our internet that is able to give uh, constant updates to some of our trade partners if they want to click on some of those links, which is great. Um, the, you know, the, the virtual scheduling that we're doing through CPS is it's really gained confidence from our sub trades. So I think it, what we've done and established as an organization has helped really, you know, give that a little bit of a, um, you know, push that obviously we're not going to jam our sites full of people. We're limiting the amount of people we have coming in on sites trying to they're working with us instead of against us which is a huge um a huge thing from a site level because you're able to actually be able to you know manage who and in some of the concerns you're able to kind of address it quickly so i think that's a big thing with us is is how we've been able to adapt and and, and enable our trades to have a voice and if there's a concern we're actually listening to it yeah that's that's awesome man you, you know what are the one of the awesome things that I love about doing this stuff is a we get to meet you know we get to meet a diverse group of people uh, on our podcast but what I really love is like the all aspects I'm a little bit uh, I'm a little bit partial to superintendents because a that's where I come from uh, born and bred in the field uh, raised in the mud yeah and uh, you know like I have to say being a superintendent especially now is probably one of the most challenging, uh, rewarding, um, anger, um, multi-levels of all sorts of chaos can happen. And yeah, yeah, it's just crazy. It's, 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 uh, it's an interesting world. You know, the other awesome thing is I I get to see the best of both worlds. So I get to see the office side of things. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you for a fact that our DMs, uh, our project directors, our PMs, our estimating team are working around the clock just so um, we can, you know, maintain Shandos as a whole and get, you know, try and try and get ahead of the curve and 
like there's a lot of awesome stuff like um our cross uh our cross communication uh used to be twice a week now it's once a week uh with all the superintendents and general foreman i think like that's why haven't we been doing that forever oh i know i i thought i think it's great we get to you know we all get to chat and we get to you know share information and um and it's across the entire company not just by district so i think there's some good things that are coming out of this too and you know like growing up in the field i noticed i always i always thought this like when i was a young laborer like and that was i i don't want to say how many years ago but um <laughs> I, i i always remember thinking to myself like man there's nowhere to wash my hands and uh you know i think it's funny <laughs> when you started off saying you worked for your dad hauling shingles i don't think people realize there was no conveyor belts back then like no. the shingles that got up on the roof it was two bundles mm-hmm. and it was up a fucking extension ladder um <laughs> fully extended and uh you know usually it was the young guys because that was my first day on the job when i was 16 years old there was two pallets of shingles and the guy i uh went to work for looked at me and he put his hands on his hips and he was this guy was a monster he was like six foot seven his name was Vern. he was just a beast of a man and uh he put his hands on his hips and he's like son those shingles go up there and it was this monster of a freaking raised two-story elevated house and that was my first kick at the cat in construction was two pallets of shingles up the ladder yeah my dad used to tell me he goes he's like Kyle like how like I would do landscaping I do everything I I was kind of all over the place back framing etc and residential and my dad would look at me after like a 10-hour day you know in the summertime it's warm and he'd go to me he's like you're going to the gym (laughs) I'm like yeah I just did I think it was three pallets of, of shingles and me and a buddy were doing it. And we obviously had a competition going to see how many we could do at once, which is not safe. Um, <laughs> and my dad would be like, "Why wow, you're going to the gym. I'm like, well, dad, I got to work other parts of my body, right? Like, it's not just okay, put shoulders. Like you try to use it as a workout during the day. But my dad used to think I was crazy and he'd crack open a beer and then I'd be really disappointed and have to come have a beer after I was on my workout. But yeah, it was uh, it was some pretty interesting times um, you know, coming through <laughs> all those all those levels of, of, of your career. That's funny. That's awesome. So um, what is the most important for, thing for you as a leader? What's what's one of the things that you want to make sure that you accomplish every day when you get up in the morning, you're doing what? Well, in the position that I'm in, um, and I'm sure you can um, relate, obviously being in the position, um, there's a lo- there's there's a couple things that I think about, um, and those that know me, um, my relationship that I build with my sub trades, um, you know, as a per- on a personal level, like everybody's equal, um, my, the owners that we work for, the consultants, um, there's a lot of things that I look at in the day, like there's a lot of hard times we go through, but I think. When I wake up in the morning, um, the biggest thing for me is keeping, you know, keeping a good head on my shoulders, um, staying positive, rewarding people by if it's by email or by verbal, um, telling them to do a good job. Um, I really do, and you know, tell a lot of even my our, our craft workers um, to to throw ideas past me. It's not just my way or the highway. I think I take a lot of pride in, in that, you know, 
it's not just one person that's you know taking all the credit for for a project going well like I'll, I'll still be on the ship if it sinks obviously but you know at the end of the day getting up in the morning and being being a leader is, is so many different levels of, of you know being being a good person being respectful um you know you know acting acting how you know you'd want to be treated um, is a big thing for me is that if somebody treats me like a piece of shit i'm not necessarily going to treat them like a piece of shit i just want to make sure that whatever the problem is is fixed um, and you know i'm pretty passionate about that a lot of the um you know any kind of issues that we come up with um in the field on a day-to-day basis that you know i leave that i leave at the end of the end of every day knowing that i did my job well Maybe I didn't get everything done, but I, I prioritize what I need to do and the relationships and nobody's getting thrown under the bus. I think that's kind of a high level where where I kind of think in the mornings on my drive to work. Nice. That's well spoken. Well said as a, as a true leader. Well said. Um, okay, so I think we got work stuff out of the way. Why don't you tell us about your family and your 9,000 kids that you have? <laughs> yeah, no, I have um, I have two daughters, uh, Sophie and Chloe. Um, you know, they're obviously blonde. They're blonde hair. If anybody knows, I look like blonde hair, blue eyes. Um, my my oldest uh, daughter, she's um, lean bean. She's tall, um, likes her gym, um, all sorts of sports activities, piano, um, you know, my youngest, uh, she's she's seven, and she, not that I just played hockey my whole life, but she loves hockey, and I've never actually um, said, oh, you got to play hockey when you get older. It's not the way she wants to be. Um, she likes to play hockey. She's rough and tumble, loves to play um, lots of hockey as much as possible, likes her sports, um, very competitive father. And then my oldest daughter has the brains of her mother, which is loves to read books, which I love audiobooks. Um, and um, very, very smart, um, very smart girls. Um, yeah, my wife, I've, I've been to her, my wife, Kelsey, I've been been with her now for a little over 10 years. A great story. We actually met in Mexico out of all places on a family vacation when she was finishing her CA. Um, she was living here in Calgary. We kept in touch for for like seven years. Um, I think I can't remember what year we actually first met. I think it was 2002 or 2001. Uh, and I ran into her in Victoria at a, a good old fashioned beer festival. She was in town meeting a girlfriend of hers and I was heading out to uh, the States to play hockey. Um, we connected and kept in contact for all those years. And I finally sat back and said, man, this girl's, she's great, right? There's a lot of, you know, really good qualities about her. Good job, great family. Um, and we started dating in 2007 um, when I played down in the States. She uh, she flew down to see me and cooked all myself and my roommates a bunch of uh, big turkey dinner for Christmas because we couldn't come back because we only had three days off. And um, basically moved on to, um, I moved right here from after my season was completed. And we've been living in the same house now for 10 years and have, you know, the good old family to living in the burbs uh, up in the northwest of Calgary. Um, so it's nice. We like to do lots of camping together, um, hiking. Um, you know, we like to do golf together, even though she she's working on her golf game, which is fine. But even the girls, they love to they love to do everything outdoors as much as possible. And you know, um, we got the dog and the cat too, which is you know, I think that's a complete family. Two kids is this perfect amount. That's awesome, man. Mm-hmm. That's great. That's great. And your wife's name is what? Kelsey. Kelsey. Mm-hmm. That's great. 
And uh, it's is she is she tall like you? Is she is she, she what is she short? She's not short. I think she's like about five nine ish, about five nine. So she's you know she's very athletic. She likes kickboxing and stuff like that. So she's you know an, an avid runner. She likes to run and she's done um you know one half marathon in Vancouver a few years ago. Um, but she's um, yeah she's she's tall. The girls are gonna have you know they eat lots of food. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Well, you're you're a tall guy yourself. You're you're six. I'm six two. Well, I was six two if you looked at my old stats. And then through my back surgery, I did lose about half an inch. Believe it or not, people think of me, but um, it's actually true. Um, but yeah, we'll call you six. Yeah, two. six two. Weight, weight, <laughs> weight will not be disclosed. <laughs> yeah, uh, quarantine yeah, gut. <laughs> I, in the same, yeah, quarantine gut. So let's talk about that a little bit. How uh, how is family life? now that COVID is is in your lives like how have you been dealing as a family with this uh you know almost continuous isolation oh it's been it's been challenging i think um you know kind of when this started rolling rolling through we actually with the girls spring break we had um we had a vacation plan to go back to vancouver island for my week off um, which we unfortunately had to, well, which was the best bet was to to cancel our vacation and kind of have a staycation. Um, you know, so <clears throat> we uh, we stayed at home. Uh, we did uh, in Tuscany where I live. We have um, like 25 kilometers worth of walking trails, all paved. Um, we did lots of uh, backyard fires. Um, the weather was decent at the time. So we did uh, some bike rides, obviously keeping the social distancing where we were able to do that on paths. People pretty much blitzed to either side of the pathway, um, you know, and just and just hang out as a family, watch some movies. Uh, we ate some really good food. We decided to cook like a turkey dinner right in the middle of the week for no reason whatsoever. Um, you know, I really, you know, for that week was really good. The kids were, you know, no school. So obviously it was, it was a little easier for, for that. And then when we got back into the school week, Obviously, it's a bit of a. I think we found out on the Sunday at five o'clock um, that there was no school on the Monday morning. So we, uh, my wife being a planner and myself, we we sat down and, and chatted about kind of you know in this in the meantime, looking at how everything was gonna kind of schedule together until the teachers could get us some information, and um, we just kind of continued to roll with what they had do were doing on an ongoing basis with the reading and phonics and math. And just kind of rolled that through until now we have the the, the proper the proper stuff in place from the school board. Um, but yeah, my wife's working from home. Um, I'm currently working from home, uh, just waiting for a site to um, to start back up. Um, so currently, you know, it, it's a it's a very busy dinner table. We my my wife and I have both of our double screens set up at the dinner table. The kids have their sections with their iPads and, and where they can do some of their work. But, you know, it, it's a challenge. Uh, it's not, it's new to, I'm not one, I'm one of many, many people across, um, obviously, the world that are dealing with this issue. Um, we seem to be good with it at the moment. Um, there's challenges with the kids. I think the kids are starting to kindly start to feel that we might not be going back to school feeling. So there's the moments of just dealing with basically just not wanting to do anything. Um, obviously yeah. trying to do work, yeah. review drawings or whatever you're doing. Um, but I think we've managed fairly well with it. Um, communication is a big thing. Obviously, you have to keep talking about, you know, my, we just had a one 20 minutes ago with my youngest not wanting to do any schoolwork. And it was like, well, what do you want to do? Like, how can we help you make this more enjoyable? And 
So we'll have a little family meeting about that and try to figure out, you know, the next steps. But it definitely has some challenges, especially if this rolls no school, which is looking like that. Hopefully they can go back in June, but we're not sure how it's going to go. So it does leave um, a lot of work. My wife's very busy as a CA. She's doing her semi-annuals um, with her mutual fund company she works for. So it's um, there's a lot of moving parts in our household right now. So Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Um, that's crazy. That's awesome, bud. Well, thank you for a sneak peek into your spectacular life. Um, I, I appreciate you coming on. If you could, though, I have one ask of you is can you spread the word around Calgary? Anybody who wants to do a podcast, uh, please reach out because since you and I uh, were able to figure this out, I think uh, I think it's more manageable, uh, you know, and then I can start reaching outside of my district. So that's my one ask. Of sure, you. absolutely. Um, and it wasn't that bad. It was pretty, it was like, uh, we're at 28 minutes right now, so it went by pretty quick. Mm-hmm, I did. Um, and uh, I thank you, Kyle, thank you so much for coming on, man. I really appreciate it. Um, and thank you for uh, all that you do in Shandos. Uh, you're a good leader, man. Thank you very much, Jazz. You have yourself a good day. Stay safe out there, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Okay, you take care. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye.